Welcome to this podcast, recorded live at the Junction Church, Aberdeen. We pray this message inspires and encourages you. For more information, you can connect with us at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Of the series, I'm going to speak about, we're speaking about the Zoe life. And the Zoe life is a life of multiplication. The kingdom of God is a, a kingdom of multiplication. It's a kingdom of increase, a kingdom of abundance. And we've spoken over the last series. I, I spoke um, in the first message, I spoke on um, that uh, Jesus, um, when he, he was speaking about um, uh, increase and the life that he come to give us, he, he starts by saying, I'm the gate. If you, if you want abundant life, you have to come into me. To, to understand abundance, you've got to come to me. And so we spoke about giving our lives and just coming before Christ. And then in the second week, um, I need to look at my notes because I can't remember what I preached on the, uh, on the second week. Sorry, in the second week, we spoke about God first. That's right. The second week, it was, was the first message. <laughs> and we spoke about putting God first. That was a... That's probably one of the most important messages I've preached. Uh, it would sit, I think, in the top ten of all messages that I would preach. Uh, and so it's, it's a really important um, message. And so it's about understanding, about putting God first. In the third, third week, um, I spoke about the, the spirit of mammon. And uh, that was, uh, I've never spoken on mammon before. Um, and uh, so that was a, that was a, that was a first for me. And uh, see what I did there. And uh, so, <laughs> so, so we, um, I spoke on mammon uh, and the, the spirit of mammon and understanding that, that God wants us to redeem all things. And, and that when we give to God first, he is able to redeem the, the, the financial structures. He's able to redeem all things around our life and bring his redemption to every area. And so... And so we spoke about that. And then last week, Cheryl spoke about, am I generous? Um, and, and generosity is birthed out of a gratitude and understanding what Christ has done in our lives and, and how he's not just redeemed us, but he's redeemed our family. And out of that redemption, out of that revelation of redemption uh, and grace that he has done for us, how he's raised us back to life, that, he, that out of that comes a gratitude. And that gratitude is a spirit of generosity and that, that birthing of that generosity. I, don't know. I, I was in Inverness, so I missed the antics. <laughs> of, uh, Cheryl's always good for, um, what do you call them? Visuals. visuals. Yes, that's right. She's always good for visuals. So, uh, and, uh, so this week I want to speak on multiplication and the spirit of abundance. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by preaching in Isaiah chapter 55. Because much of everything we've spoken about involves the principles behind the scenes involves the principles of tithing, giving, um, taking control of our financial situation. Um, and if you listen to the messages, you'll understand why. I don't have time to go into that right now. So Isaiah 55, verse 1 to 3, says, Ho. It's a funny word. I don't know how many times ho comes in the Bible. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. <laughs> Ho. It's kind of an attention seeking, isn't it? Ho. I don't know whether we could say a or hey or oi. Everyone, oi. Everyone who thirsts. 
come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David. The sure mercies of David are the, is the covenant of Christ, of what Christ is doing for us. And so, so we understand that there is a kingdom of abundance that is purchased without money, without price, which of itself makes no sense. As the Bible is inclined to do, I've spoken many times uh, through this series, we've, we've, we've tackled a number of different scriptures which are just plain weird and they make no sense as you read them in themselves. But as you unpack them, you begin to realize the mystery that Christ has, 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 has put within the word. And so this morning I want to speak about how is it that we can find ourselves in a kingdom of abundance, that we can purchase kingdom abundance but without money without price first off we have to understand what without money and without price means without money and without price literally means you cannot purchase favor with God with your financial positioning right you can't Simon there was a there was a uh, a man in the Bible, in the book of uh, book of Acts, Simon the, the sorcerer, who who um, was a um, he was he was quite impressive until he saw the apostles uh, and realized he was quite insignificant. And then he saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit and thought to himself, "I've got to get this." And so his heart was like, "Wow, God is amazing! Wow, this power is amazing!" And so his heart was turned toward the power. He hadn't yet realized that his heart should be turned toward God. Remember, so, so here's the thing. That's one of the reasons why revivals often go wrong is that people get inclined toward the power and don't incline the heart toward the Lord. I, I want us to have a revival, but I, I wonder whether this revival that God wants to do would be our hearts inclining toward the Lord. And there would be an earnestness that we would find ourselves laying out and just praying all night. That we would, that we would just hunger and thirst for his righteousness. That, that there would be a zeal that would be restored back into the house. That there, there's sort of an energy of revival. That God, will you do something? Because we need the Lord in our lives. And then his power comes, yeah. but we won't be. You see, Simon was hungry for the power, and he thought, and he didn't get it. He, he, I kind of feel sorry for him because because he is like Peter rebukes him um, in, in such a manner that it's like, whoa! It's like, is this guy going to hell or heaven? What happens to him? And it's like, it's like you can tell he's absolutely withered by this by this rebuke. And 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 but Simon says. Simon says, what can I, how much money do I have to give you that I get it? In other words, he thought he could purchase. We spoke in week three about mammon, that what the, the, the spirit of mammon replaces an antichrist spirit because it, 
It thinks money replaces God. In other words, wherever there is a wherever there's a situation in our life where we don't need God because money can fix it. That's the spirit of mammon. Man, money just fills in the gap. And, and I don't need to have faith because I've got money. And so we, our dependence is no longer on the Lord, but our dependence is on a financial system. So, so the Lord speaks to us and he says, come and buy, but you cannot use the financial system of this world to purchase what God wants to do in your life. And so we need to understand that God has for us an abundant life that doesn't exist by the systems of this world. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 and 28, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. If we can just get that. I was listening to a message um, that blew me away this last week. I I, I asked all the leaders and it, it, it blew me away because when God speaks to you about something, he begins to lay things down and then you hear something which prophetically just just kind of confirms but also helps put in words, feelings. You know when God's putting something in your spirit and you can feel it but you can't quite verbalize it and it's frustrating isn't it and and i heard a message uh by a guy called john tyson um who was preaching in the bethel church and john tyson is australian he's an aog he's in he he lives in new york uh and uh, i've met a number of australian pastors that pastor in new york and are building extraordinary churches and this guy would be of the same spiritual kind of like culture but this guy would be one of the most intelligent like mind-numbingly intelligent preachers i've listened to the message twice i need to listen to it at least 10 times before i fully understand it (laughs) which is not a message you normally hear in bethel (laughs) because bethel is a has a different culture there's nothing wrong with that culture it's it's not a but this guy's preaching a very in-depth detailed technical message and he starts by saying this that we the 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 radical the evangelical the pentecostal church was very much birthed out of the in the 19th century out of a out of a complaint that the modern philosophers german philosophers that had risen up were saying that there is no god uh there is no um there is no such thing as sin, et cetera, et cetera. And so, and so the, the church rose up and defended that. But in so doing, they f- forgot the story of Genesis chapter 1 <laughs> and, and the story. So they cut off the end and they, they cut off the beginning and they cut off the end. And when you cut off the beginning and the end, you, you miss the context of everything else. Yeah. And, and he spoke this, he says, it's time to restore the culture of the kingdom of God. We have to understand Genesis chapter 1, because that's the beginning. That sets the format. And the end in Revelation sets, the, sets out the victory that we have in Christ. And so it, it, it tells you the end. And, and so we must understand those. And, and in that, he began to speak about how, and I, my spirit leapt because 
this is what it is that God has been speaking to me. Let us make man in our image. We were created in the image of God. The image of God is not the fashion statement of God. It is the identity of who we are. It is the framework from which everything else exists. We were made in his image. We are to carry his identity. My sons are in the house. Joseph is here Boaz is at the back there. They are just ridiculously handsome, talented and gifted. And they get it all from Cheryl. I don't know where they get it from. <laughs> and then there is my beautiful daughter who looks like Cheryl. And, and this incredible identity. We made them. We made them, Cheryl, in our image. God created us in our image. We carry his spirit. It is important to understand, if you don't ever get anything else, we are made in his image. What does that mean? Well, it means everything. It means everything. It means how we live our life. Because he goes on to say, and he says this, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over every, all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Cheryl, we have dominion over creeping things. Just need to encourage you over this truth. (laughs) So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created him male and female. Just making a point. (laughs) He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. This is the... This is why I'm speaking this, and this is how the two messages sit together. The next series and this one sits together because because that statement is the statement of the believer in Jesus Christ to rule and reign and have dominion, to bring the life, the culture, and the authority of the kingdom of God upon the earth. That's our purpose. That's our identity And that is our commission right there. Right in Genesis chapter 1. That's the beginning. That's what sets us off. And that's what we're going to be imparting when we start our new series. But it also helps us to wrap and understand the Zoe principle of multiplication. Now listen. So the kingdom of God isn't about authority. It's about understanding that we are building a kingdom which brings forth the abundance of God's love and God's grace. Now, the kingdom of God is a kingdom of power and authority which cannot be purchased by today's system. You cannot bypass the Lord, but must be purchased. Oh, everyone is thirsty. Come buy. Come buy. Not steal. Borrow. Lend. Take for a while. All of those are ways of acquiring things. When I was a kid, I used to acquire the neighbor's apples. It was called scrumping. I also remember acquiring the neighbor's grapes. That was... Just stealing. (laughs) 
And we filled our bellies and enjoyed ourselves and laughed all the way home at how daft our neighbour was and how clever we were. We also got the slipper when we got home and we spent many a day standing against the wall facing it because of our wickedness as we were caught and made to pay for the price of our theft. There is a way that we must understand that the kingdom of God cannot be stolen. If you want an abundant life, you must purchase it. Whoa, wait a second. Jesus purchased it for me. Yes, he did. He, he paid the price. Now we have to buy it too. How does that work? What, you, you want me to... I, how do I... So you've got to make an exchange for something to be of value in your life. When things are given, they're not valued. In the same manner, things have been saved up for. Is that not true? Yeah. When, you've, when you've worked hard for something, you understand the value of it. When you, when you give to this, the difficulty of, of, um, of rescuing people from, from debt and poverty is if you pay their bills, they don't necessarily understand the value of what's been done for them and they just get in debt again. That's... Um, that's one of the messages we have to learn in our own lives, the value of everything. And so, so, so the Bible says, ho, <laughs> or oi, come and buy. Now listen, this is how the kingdom of God works. I'm gonna, I was going to go and speak about the, the, the widow, but I don't have time. The widow with Elisha that supplies him with... Um, uh, with with um, the kingdom. In fact, I will. Let, let me just quickly go there, right? 1 Kings 17. I don't have time to read it all. God speaks to Elijah, and he says to him, I've commanded a widow to supply your need, right? The widow doesn't know that she's been commanded to supply the need. In fact, the widow thinks she's about to die. I, I love this. In fact, he says in, in 1 Kings 17 verse 9, he says, I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Let's go to the place where Elijah meets the widow. He says, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called for her and says, oh, and pre- please bring a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord lives, she replied, I don't have any bread. (laughs) The Lord had said to Elijah, I have brought a widow. Well, she says, I've directed a widow, but this widow doesn't know anything about this direction. So often, we don't realize how much the Lord has spoken over us to do things because we are so enwrapped in our own debt, poverty, and brokenness. We can't see past the blessings of the Lord. It says, I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. I think she's fairly depressed. <laughs> it sounds melodramatic, but they did live in a society where that was it. There was no support. And Elijah says, don't be afraid, go home, do as you've said, but first 
make a small loaf of bread for me that you, from what you have, and bring it to me, and then make something for yourself and son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain in the land. She went away and did as Elijah told her. And there was, so there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and for her family. For the jar of oil, uh, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry, keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. You see, this widow stepped into by an obedience. He says, look, God's going to do something, but you've got to give it to the Lord first. You want your breakthrough? That's great. If you think you're going to die, that's great, but you've got to give it to the Lord first. I've, I've spoken this story many times in this series. When Cheryl and I had got to that point in our lives when we were 2,000 pounds worth of bills, we were here, it was in 1990. Six, I think it was 95, I think it was towards the end of the first year. It could have been towards the end of the second year, I can't remember now. But we were £2,000 in debt. We were three months behind in our rent. We couldn't afford to pay any of the bills and we had £250 in the bank. And the Lord tells me, give the money away. And the realisation within my mind is, it's not going to go anywhere anyway. Might as well give it to the Lord. And... So what happened? Did, did, did a check come through for £2,000? No. More than that, the Lord changed the atmosphere of our lives and we began, it never ran out. Didn't get any money in the door. It just, everything changed. It never ran out. In other words, we purchased without money. So we used your money. I used it, but it wasn't the money buying it. It was the faith that was breaking. It was breaking the drought that was over our lives. Let me show you what I mean. In Mark's gospel, we read that Jesus comes to watch the people taking up the offering. In Mark's gospel, um, chapter 12, verse 41, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put in and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins worth only a few cents. I think what they mean is a few pennies. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more into the treasury than all the others. They have put in they gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. So Jesus is saying, this widow put in more than the wealthy who put in out of their wealth. But she only put in three pence. So how does Jesus add up? How does he add up? Come and buy without money and price. So what, do, what was this widow? How does the accounting work in heaven? 
How does the accounting work in heaven? The Lord doesn't add amounts. He adds faith. Here, an old woman comes in with everything because it's all she has. And her supply, her abundance, her breakthrough, her promise of abundance is coming because her faith is in God. Whereas the wealthy gave like Cain did out of what they had. The Lord wasn't impressed by the amount, for there is an account that is being held in heaven over our lives by our faith. Not about how much we can afford, it's what we can break through by the purchase of our heart as we give to the Lord. Jesus proves this. Oh my goodness, I've run out of time. Jesus proves this by saying to the disciples, you go feed the 20,000 people plus down there. You think it's five, it wasn't five, it was five men plus their wives plus all their children. Right? He says, you feed them when they think that Jesus should get rid of them. Jesus has been talking all day. It's been going on forever. And Jesus just won't stop. It was like Peter. It was like Paul preaching all night when the boy fell out. The, it was when Jesus got into one of those zones. And the, Bible, and the Bible says, it says, when the day had worn out, you can imagine they were there over the side. It's like, can you just give it a break? I mean, what are we going to do with all these people? I'm hungry. And Jesus says to them, you feed them. And they're like, I can't, I can't feed them. And then one of the disciples goes, all we've got here is this boy that we've caught. Because <laughs> he's the only one who had the intelligence to bring some bread rolls and some fish. And I reckon it might do us less the boy It might do us, but you've got 20,000 people. Jesus says, go make them sit in groups of 50. And they're just like, imagine disciples. We'll go with this, but I'm not sure what to do. And then they take the bread and the fishes, the boy's offering, the boy's offering. We don't know what happened to that boy. His offering, I reckon, he became an incredibly wealthy man. Because his offering was given to the Lord less. Because it's all he had. And then Jesus says to the disciples, take this offering to groups of 50. Imagine Peter with this bit of bread, a bit of fish, groups of 50, groups of 50, 20,000 people, groups of 50, make them sit in groups of 50, and he's coming up with this bread roll, and he's going, see, nothing's happened yet, no, no miracle has actually taken place yet, 
just Jesus is blessed as it's been given to him. And I can imagine Peter just going over the crowd. Think of it. <laughs> just it's a nibble. He's <laughs> thinking of it. Next, just just a nibble, right? This 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 is all there is. <laughs> This is the meanest communion service you've ever been in. <laughs> just a nibble. Just a nibble. And as he's going around, something is not diminishing. Just a nibble. And as he gets around to the 50, he realizes he's still got the same amount. Oh, well, maybe you can have a little bit more than a nibble because we can afford to do more than what I realized because I gave to the Lord we gave to the Lord and it was blessed by him we're going to learn that what we bring to the Lord is blessed by him has power to bring an abundant supply it's not the purchase of our financial system that is the gift of our heart by faith yes Lord I give it to you Sometimes that amount is many thousands of pounds. Sometimes it's just two or three pounds. Just sometimes it's something. Sometimes it's no money at all, but it's simply the giving of who we are. Because it's always a gift into the heavens. The Lord counts by different values. So this woman gave more. In other words, her account so full so abundantly full because her heart had given to the Lord let's stand up thanks for joining with us for more information about events service times and how to connect with us visit www.thejunctionchurch.com